build up, Brad. All right. Just well, then let's get going. Start the There's, show. I, we just wanted to make sure everybody could hear each other because we've done that bit before. Everybody's going to think it's a game. Same and... game. This isn't a game to us. <laughs> it's kind of like practice, honestly. Is what it's, it's, it's a little bit like practice. Talking about, about practice. practice. Do you guys want to yeah, hear a... about um, the secret to life, a.k.a. the omelet theory? Or do you want to hear about how I lead the league in getting accused of having gout but not having gout? Oh, man, that's a tough choice. What's your what's wait a your minute? Hold on, real quick. Do the I'm trying to figure out. So, do you want to two hear different topics? The omelet theory, which is also aka okay. discovering the secret to life. The secret. Okay, or do you want to hear or how B, I should have? I should have gout, but I don't. No, not I should. Lisa I get, can be an accused. He's, yeah, he's accused of it. He's accused of having gout. Okay, that's intriguing. That's a. T- uh, I feel like acute. I feel like we could end the show on you talking about how you're accused of having gout. But I think Secret of Life is compelling. Yeah. And from what I've heard from all the podcast experts, is you're supposed to get to the good stuff like immediately. Like you're supposed well, to okay. get to the the compelling part. Like let's just hop on in. It hit me very recently um, that if you were guaranteed. If your lifestyle was such that you knew that no matter what, you would always have the choice to wake up at a time of your choosing and prepare yourself a nice artisanal egg-based breakfast. And it was always it was always your call. It didn't matter. You could decide. You knew that no matter what was going on or what was happening in your life or anyone else's life, that when you went to bed, you could wake up when you wanted and you would have time to take your own damn time to go into the kitchen and make yourself a nice artisanal egg-based breakfast. You would have the perfect lifestyle. It wouldn't matter. It, nothing else would matter. If you had that, if you can get to that point, then I think everything else is already in place. I think... So we're using... Ability to wake up and make what we would probably all consider like what a tier two or tier one breakfast situation. Just something that you can right? take like, your time with. Yeah, that is uh-huh. egg based so that you have because when you want to prepare eggs in the right way, you want to do a little take a little bit of care with it, whether you're making whatever egg preparation it is. It's not just throw some scrambled eggs in a pan and they're all rubbery and and throw them at somebody and run out the door but i mean really make it good Mm -hmm. and to me that something like that should be everyone's goal our goals are fucked up our goals for life are wrong we've all been like conditioned and forced and hinned into this like framework that fucks up the morning fucks up you you wake up and everything's going and everybody's going 10 different directions and everybody's shoving food down their throat and no one's happy and everyone's tired we're stupid collectively as humans we get to decide we are at the top of the food chain and i think we should collectively tell each other hey you get your get your breakfast get your omelet and i'll see you when you're ready I just want to great pre-show. I totally agree with everything you're saying, but I, I want to step back and acknowledge the 
what what's the word I'm looking for? The enlightenment or the transition from libertarian Ryland to the man is just going to keep working us as hard as he possibly damn can unless we say something. So we should probably live like the French. It's like all that, based on the same principles, that, though. That revelation, though, but that and I'm not saying it's like a, uh, it's like so completely uh, or like, like diametrically opposed. That's not what I'm saying. No, it's all based on the same stretch. principles, which is that you should find have the freedom to find your own fulfillment in however you see fit. And obviously there's different avenues for how to get there philosophically, yeah. uh, government uh, bodies notwithstanding. I mean, there's there's any number of plug and play on the variables here that we can do. But just the 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 gradual shift, if you will. Could I call it a shift? Is that an evolution? Even too just, strong of a word? Just an evolution. It, just there call you it go. an evolution. Because I, I'm encompassing, I'm, up I'm encompassing I'm, I'm all of the things. Yeah, I'm encompassing all of these schools of thought, and I am now approaching the triangle that has the eye in it that floats above the top of the pyramid. That's where I'm trying to get to, and I'm getting close. And this is one of my building blocks. Because I, the omelet theory. And I know, I know, Rylan hates that we just make the show about TikTok all the time now. Jesus. But all he did was basically explain to me there's uh, jason have you stumbled stumbled onto like expat tiktok where like, oh yeah yeah people are like hey you, do you want to live in thailand all you need to make is 700 dollars a year and you'll live the best life ever or they or like hey want to see what it's like to work a day in france as an american and it's what you just explained it's somebody who gets up does yoga makes the perfect omelet goes and gets coffee from the shop it's 9 30 they're not even at work yet they're not even at work yet. They're they're making their way to work. They go work for three hours. It's back to the coffee shop. It's take a walk through the park with your friends. It's go back, do a little bit more work. Oh, now it's nine, time for afternoon leisure. Oh, they decided we didn't need to come back into the office. Oh, let's go have wine with some people on a rooftop. Oh, all all in the most beautiful setting. I mean, just in the entire world. Just you forgot you forgot charcuterie though. It's the only thing, Brad. Oh, there was definitely this is, this some is the official, official show of charcuterie. See, here's what it really boils down to. Um, when when we're all 15, 16, 17, and we're kind of coming to our own, coming into our own as young adults, you know, we all know we're being lied to. We about certain things and about certain ideas. We all know we're being lied to. And the question is just how old are you? when you stop uncovering the lies. And I think some people, you know, they, they, they stop uncovering the lies at 18. Some people, they stop uncovering the lies at 25 or whatever. I just haven't stopped uncovering the lies. And I'm not going to stop. And there are so many of them. And so, yeah, omelet theory. I like it. And I, I haven't had dinner yet, so now I really want an omelet. <laughs> I'm a bread guy, though. No, no, hit the intro. It's fine. I'm, we're just talking here. Hit the intro. What'd you say? Just hit the intro. No, I thought you said something else. What'd you What'd you say? You said hit the intro? Yeah. You remember how we used to? <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Just I was like, what'd intro. you say? I, di I didn't hear you. It sounded weird. What'd you say? Yeah. And then I would say it real loud.
Yeah, you'd be like, hit the intro, and I'd be like, I don't know, and then you'd be like, that was real, like real over the top. But like, how'd it go? I hit the intro. Okay, that's not how it would go. How did it go? It's like hit that intro. Okay, come on. How did it go? Not do. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing. Please, the people want it. I just want you to know, over the last two months, somebody has gone back and listened to episode 23 11 times. Makes no sense to me. That's (laughs) it is October of 2020, and somebody has listened to it 11 times over the last two months. What did we talk about in that episode? Human dance. Human dance. Human dance. I'm going to look it up. Human dance. Human dance. Human dance. It's a human dance. Human dance. Human dance. I'll share my thoughts after the intro. Human dance. Human dance. Human dance. Human human dance. Human dance. Human dance. Podcast. Human dance. Is that the Roadhead episode? People love Roadhead. No. Get up off your ass. Human dance. Podcast. Human dance. Podcast. Human dance. Podcast. Human dance. Get up off your ass. Tell your mom. 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 So clearly, whoever that person or people are, they really like my story about Duggar and the DirecTV cards. I think my my DirecTV card story trumped yours. Oh, because someone died. Because all of your stories result in someone dying. Mine, Mine led to... A death in a federal penitentiary. In, in, in Yours pr- was in like prison. a fine. Oh, dude, dude, it, it's because the description has porn in it. That's why someone listens to it. It's hitting times. a. That's got to be a, 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 a spider or a bot type thing. Is is hitting? Yeah. It. No, it was like eleven times. It was. It was like a. It's a weird number for somebody to go back to a show that's almost two years old. Dude. Wh- Episode 24, Jason's Jellyback. Episode 25, Brokeback Jason. Episode 26, Jason's Back Pain. Oh, we had, an entire, you had, we had a, an entire episode where, or entire era of this show where it was about. I was going to say, your like the first year of the show was. Yeah, the first year of the show was Jason with Sean Lee. Like, <laughs> we couldn't ever get him get off right. the damn IR. <laughs> it is crazy yeah. how much better my back is. Did I tell you guys I got a new mattress? Did that make all the Man, difference? Uh, as you say that, uh, what mattress did you get? Because I'll tell you what not to get. Do not get the one that the Hyatt Hill Country in uh, <laughs> far north San Antonio uses. Because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, my back is in a world of pain. Like the worst pain of my life. Yeah, you got to be. You, you, you just never know with the hotel mattress man i i spent a lot of time thinking about the mattress i ended up with um you ever heard of a little company called stearns and foster you ever heard of something like that i have not but this sounds like you're about to introduce me to the what's the chair that you're sitting on rylan what's the brand again uh joybird yeah joybird sounds like you're about to introduce me to joybird and i've never been in one of those stores before and Stearns Stern- and Foster sounds like something that smells like cigars and leather when you walk in. And- Stearns and Foster is the is the brand of the mattress, and it is it, it is one of probably the two best 
like top mattress brands. When you walk in the Stearns and Foster store, do they offer you some well, brandy, like just right I'm off the top? I'm not aware or? that a Stearns and Foster store exists. I went to little little tiny mom and pop called Nebraska Furniture Mart. Is everybody uh, wearing so derbies local. at the Stearns no. and Foster mattress store with the little vests and the? Can I just tell you how much I agonized over? Deciding between a plush and a and a hard, uh, a plush and a firm. There's a lot of I, factors that go into that decision. As somebody who spent when, I feel like buying mattress might be up there with like buying a car in in terms of like market research for me. I don't I don't know if everybody else sits there and googles and looks back and forth when they're buying a car, but I do. Yeah, and uh, I feel like I did the same thing. With the uh, mattress, I think we've talked about it before. I spit, I t- like, uh, you know how things. So, like, I made a joke. I feel like a couple episodes ago, where like Redfin is one of my social media apps, right? Because right? I'll yep. just sit on Redfin and looking at houses and whatnot. You're there was a point in time where, yeah, <laughs> there was a point in time where sleeplikethedead.com was like a daily, uh, uh, a daily check in for me, just wanting to learn more about mattresses. This is a an incredibly dad behavior. My dad was the same way. My dad had a full-on subscription to a little magazine called Consumer Reports. Are you familiar with Consumer mm. Reports? I've, I've yes. many a time contemplated just going ahead and paying that membership uh-huh. so we could just be on the inside there and My hadn't da- pulled the trigger. Me either, but I've very much thought about it uh, the same way. My dad had had the whole he had a, a bookcase and he had a he had a subscription to National Geographic so a lot of National Geographics there which are always nothing great. wrong with that uh, and then above the National Geographics were all of the consumer reports so if he was ready to to make you know pull the pull the uh, let's go look at the lawnmower brands it, real quick going yeah he pulls that that sucker out and he's looking at lawnmowers or or or, or dishwashers or whatever uh and he would always when i was like very young and i was buying cars or my first car he's like well consumer reports april april 1997 says that that uh, subaru is strong and he would show me all the you know all the data and tell me why it made sense so that is i think as dad as it gets like the hyper focus on research prior to buying that's what we do is it yeah, research or is it that, just though. like, do you not? No, I don't have the patience. I don't go very, Walk I mean, me I check things how you, out, but I don't go very deep. How did you wind up at your, your you drive a, a Toyota Tacoma, which yes. to me is not like, um, you know how there's some people we could look at Ryland. I'm going to, I'm going to direct this at Ryland because I know he's in this lane a little bit more where I am like. We're we're not uh, sneakerheads, but we we do enjoy shoes. Would yeah, you say yeah, that's sure. accurate. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I so mean, when I'm you not, see there's, somebody, there's a certain sneakerhead category, and I'm not in that category. But I love. I got a lot of I, cool shoes. That's yeah. what. That's what I'm saying too. But yeah. you you could say you could see somebody else who's like you see their shoes, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna make the assumption from looking at that shoe right there. This person probably has a a little affection for shoes like me. And then there's other people you look at and they're like, oh, they just like to buy their Nikes at Kohl's. Okay. Like, that, he's there's nothing right wrong at with me it, when he says but, that. But you can notice <laughs> that, right? 
<laughs> like you, there's nothing. I'm not. I, I could tell you what Cole's Nikes look like. Okay. Sure. I'm not wearing them, but I could point them out to you. Right. And a Toyota Tacoma for me doesn't translate to Cole's Nikes. Like no, it's a, it's a it's discerning, a, it's a, a discerning consumer. Lands it's a step on or two. Like it, yeah, that's what that's what I'm trying to say here. So the idea that you didn't do much study and you're just like I'm getting a Tacoma. Yeah. Well, I there's a guy in that lives somewhere around here i have no idea where he lives but close enough that i see him driving his tacoma around the neighborhood and a couple years before i got rid of the black truck i said to myself that that was what i wanted my next truck to be was a tacoma and uh one just because of toyota's general reputation uh that things wonderful that, reputation yeah in the they market. last they last a long time and then uh on the morning of Halloween of 2019, my Chevy uh, died taking my at a preschool. It just died. Like every light on the thing came on and it just stopped dead in the road. I pull over. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, uh, my, uh, my oil pressure went to zero. And I thought, well, this is interesting. And so I turned it off and cranked it back up. It fired right back up. I drove Maya to preschool and then i drove over to the office which was two minutes away sat down at my computer found the nearest toy uh, nearest toyota dealership that had a tacoma in the color i wanted and i drove over there and i bought it i, I didn't worry it. about price okay. i didn't worry i knew i didn't want to spend over a certain amount and i went under that amount by a couple thousand dollars couldn't and so i i left with a new car i couldn't I, do it I'm not going to kick Rylan in the nuts here. I promise you this is not kicking Rylan in the nuts. We, we do this enough. <laughs> I'm being completely genuine here. I do think my dad, at the time, dirt-ass poor. Pro I mean, the fact that he had a subscription to to uh, Consumer Reports, like he, he spent a good percentage of his disposable income on on that subscription it was subscription. a thoughtful purchase it's, to to get the the subscription to the magazine like he didn't it wasn't just yeah, a because throwaway. that's probably yeah. that's probably a trip or two to the grocery store if you're yeah if yeah you don't have the disposable income as it were like that's probably a trip or two to the grocery store the the for consumer sure. reports but he but to him making every purchase that he made was a big deal Every purchase, right? Everything that he bought, because it was so, it was such a commitment to somebody who's barely scraping by. He felt like it was worth the money to have the consumer reports. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I, you know, we've never talked about this, but that's that's my that my theory. So I do think there is some correlation here, some correlation between the amount of disposable income you have. And the amount of time, as compared to the amount of time that you spend researching something before you buy it, because because I am like Rylan in some ways, I have gone the other way. You could say that about a lot of things, but when it comes to cars, that's only it's only the third vehicle I've even owned as an adult, and I'm 42. So my attitude with cars is drive them for a long time. That way, when you make the choice, you make the choice. And it was only I only think it was about thirty seven thousand dollars out the door. Which, especially in 2022, sounds extremely cheap, you know. But even then, it wasn't super expensive. Yeah. So, I mean, you put those two variables together, 
yeah, I'm just, I can't, I can't go in and do this whole compare what's dealer invoice. What's this thing? What's that thing make? I'm not making multiple trips to a car dealership. I'll tell you that right fucking now. I'm, I, I've only bought two cars myself. My first car got kind of found for me and I just was like, yeah, I'll take that one. But the other two that I bought on my own in 2012 and 2019, I literally knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to spend. I found a number under that number or car under that number. And I literally went to the dealership, fucked with them for about an hour and drove off with it. Cause I just, I'm not hanging out at a car dealership. This isn't an episode of the Cosby show. I'm, I got, I got better things to do. But Brad, don't you, don't you, at least I do. I find it fun to do the research. Like it's, it's, it's enjoyable for me. Um, one, I think I'm just kind of like that. So if I'm going to buy something, then I do like to take the time and just kind of nerd out on it. I'm not going to say all the time, but I'm going to say three out of four, what we would consider bigger purchases. Um, I mean, even something like we used to do the podcast live and I probably looked at recorders much longer than was necessary before I settled on the recorder that we bought that we've used for our live performance or live podcasts. Our and, live performances. You know, <laughs> our live podcast. And I had you Come know see us at the Granada it speaks November nothing 13th. of this this skill translation to actually, you know, recording a live podcast. But that's what I'm saying is like it's not it's not proportional. Uh I as Rylan was saying that and I was starting to think like well, why is it that I can't just go to a car dealership? And I think I'm unpacking a little trauma with you guys. Oh man, but this is good. These things always the go back to trauma. Hey. You can't talk about trauma without hearing the Brad intro, in my opinion. Let me take you back to the year 2003. Hey! Hey! That is my favorite thing about the Brad intro. I wait for it every time. I I don't want to tell you, because I love that it does that. I forgot it loops. Just derails you. I love it. Let me take you back to 2003. 2003? I don't know. 2003, 2004. I'm 23. I'm 24 years old. Yeah, man. The good days. I'm living in an apartment that's way too damn expensive for my... Uh, my. I'm living outside of my means is what I mean here. And uh, I'm, I was pizza delivery, but I kind of managed this pizza restaurant, so I don't want to just make it sound like I just did delivery. I made decent money, but a, a lot of it was in cash. Okay. Is this pre Joey Greco or post pre? Okay, it's pre by a couple years. And uh, again, I made decent money. I lived with a roommate at a really nice, brand new apartment complex in Louisville that we had no business living in. And uh, it came time for me to purchase a car. I want to say that's probably the first time on my own where it's only going to be my name on the bill. And what happens is. Uh, you know, first time car buyer gets treated a certain way. So you have to have a particular amount of money to put down on the vehicle because you're already looked at as like, um, uh, a high risk credit wise. 
and I didn't have bad credit or good credit. I just didn't have much credit. So you've got a situation where you don't have much credit. And then on top of that, a lot of your income is in cash. So your pay stubs that they use to verify your income don't look great. And you have a lot of income in cash. On top of that, you're a first time car buyer. So they require, you know, a higher down payment. And what ends up happening is I'm going to your reputable, you know, side of the highway dealerships that have the 19 different flags, which, by the way, I, I was driving much. down 183. I was driving down 183 the other day, dude. And it's Tarrant like, County like car dealerships with National the flags. Cemetery. It is turning. <laughs> I'm. It, it is like we are getting into North Korea territory. Like I, we shouldn't Weird. be. Car dealerships should not have flags like that. Like I'm worried about plane safety for a couple of those dealerships off of 183. (laughs) They're that tall. (laughs) They're that tall. There's so many of them. They're so massive. Like it's it's ridiculous. So I'm going to the dealerships like that, and those dealerships all giving me the same thing. You're going to need this much money down. You don't have any credit, and it shows all of your. It shows most of your income comes in cash. So. You're screwed. And I got put in this position where I had to go to one of these car dealerships that's basically considered a tote the notes bot. And it was one of my first real interactions in learning how credit worked and how the financial system rates you and how your, uh, you know, provable income has such an impact on what you get to do and how you get to operate in life that I think it kind of fucked me up a little bit, especially in terms as, as, or especially in, in reference to purchase, in reference to purchasing a vehicle. And so now when I go to purchase a vehicle, it's like, I want to go in there with like Teflon to where I'm like, you can't possibly fuck with me. There's not one thing you can say that I don't already have an answer for that. I haven't already secured. And better than that, I'm going to make sure you're not really that thrilled about this transaction. <laughs> you just want to win. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, no, I, I get it. Very it. much is like a like an antagonizing competitive somebody's gonna win here, somebody's gonna lose here. I, I totally get that. I just and that's I think one it all go, area I think it all goes back <laughs> to getting to getting handed some L's that. in your early twenties. Yeah. Very much. Very much. Yeah, I just don't have I don't, that competitive fire burning when I'm in there. I know that they've got all their little all their little bells and whistles and levers they can turn to try to extract a little more commission for themselves. And there's certain things they're trying to sell you on that, yeah, okay, so you've got a good rate, you're financing and you're getting a good rate, but hey, if you'll let me tack on this other thing that's an extra two grand on the cost of your vehicle that guy's going to see like a thousand dollars worth of that thing of that, you know? And so I'll be like, okay, well, what are you getting out of it? Like make me whole. I scratch your back. You scratch mine, make it where it doesn't cost me anymore. Move some pieces around the chessboard. I'm just more like keep my payment under X amount a month based on how many years I want to be paying for this damn thing and let me go home. Like I just can't, I don't have it in me when it comes to that kind of a thing. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the one. Th- I'm not. I don't like negotiating anything. I don't like negotiating at all. I, I know there are people out there that love it. I hate it. 
I don't disagree with you, but I think the idea that we're all adverse to that because it's not ever something that we're taught like culturally to like approach and question, whereas other cultures are always sought to question every single time there's going to be a transaction. Like, are you sure that's the price? Are you sure we can't do this? And, you know, sometimes you're talking about people like at the grocery store and, <laughs> yeah. and we're just, it's, we, you know, when somebody puts a price down, we're just, you know, always taught like, well, that's, that's what it costs. That's, that's, if you want to leave with that thing, you're going to pay them that amount. And we don't ever think like, are there variables at play here? Is there something I can say? Is there another connection? Is there a piece of paper well, I could show them? Like, I'll we definitely don't, we don't I don't weasel think we a lot more like if it's if it's at work, I'm a totally different approach if I'm dealing with a vendor or something. Or if it's if I'm dealing with trophy club's money, it's a different deal. But when it's my money, I reach a point of not caring like 10 times faster than I do if it's the company's money or if it's the town's money, you know? I think my, my aversion is because I have a, a deep, deep um, fear is probably not the right word, but like aversion to rejection, like being rejected when I, when I try to negotiate, that is like a nightmare. I, it, it just feels awful for me. So I'm like, yeah, fine. Just like, put whatever price you want on a tag and I will pay you that price and I will move on. It does really suck when it's something that you know you need and yeah. you know, and so you, you want to say, Hey, I want to pay X. And then if you don't get X, then you just feel like a loser. <laughs> yeah. Like that mattress is a great example. I, I had made the decision that, that I was walking out with a mattress, right? I made that decision. It was happening. It was just a matter of which mattress. So my nego like in inside I it was so powered down like it was just what am I going to do I I don't I have no leverage I'm not going to walk out I'm going to buy your mattress and I I like to I also get along with the people that yeah. I am working with I'm all at, at at my core despite my sometimes reputation, I really am a get along guy. I like to just everybody get along. And, and so, you know, if it's, if it's a work thing and I've got a relationship with the vendor, I'm kind of like, Hey, I really, you know, I really like our relationship. Let's, you know, help, help make my job easier. And I play that game and that usually helps me. But like in personal life, if I'm doing something like buying a car, I'm not seeing that guy again. Like the guy that sold me the Toyota, I'm I'm never talking to him again. What are the chances that in eight more years, when I buy another car, if I even bother to get a Toyota, will I go to Toyota of Richardson? And if I do, will he be there? Zero. So uh, I don't know, dude. I completely agree with everything you're saying. Relate to both of you. I think rejection and kind of our social survival. Or, or whatever we perceive to be on the line when we enter into these interactions, right? It be it like, do we think that some of us is up for grabs or some of our, our, our well-being is, is in question? I completely uh, understand that perspective. And I think probably before the age of like 35, I would have felt the same way. But as I've gotten older, Still my... Like it's turned fight or it's turned it's, it's it basically it comes back to like a fight or flight like tendency. Right. And 
like sometimes you can kind of assuage, like like smooth that out so that it's not one of those things. And as I've gotten older, I don't have the fear of kind of that social rejection. Like nothing of of me is up for grabs. And so it kind of turns into the I wish I wish somebody would like you're like yeah, you're like okay. you're like Michael Jordan talking shit to Scott Burrell in practice. You just want to crush him. Like what's the <laughs> like the worst they're going to do is tell me no. I wish they would. Yeah, like, but my problem with that is then I got to turn around and go buy a truck somewhere else, which is nah, a total beat. Right. You do you do get very much into a territory of uh, what's the saying? Uh, uh, cutting your nose to spite, cutting spite off your, your nose face, to spite yeah. your face. Yeah, you start getting into you know that territory where it becomes so counterproductive. I'm I'm not saying that it's <laughs> it, uh, the approach is without flaws. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying what I feel like my tendencies have gone towards as I've gotten older. And I'm not saying that's even a good thing by any means. I think you know probably the person that I live with who has to interact with some of these tendencies now might suggest that. You know, I might she go might have a different the other opinion. way with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So podcast. How did um, <laughs> how did you guys select? How did you guys select who you bank with? Uh, <laughs> when I was probably nineteen years old. Well, no, probably like yeah, eighteen or nineteen. I had like a steady job that offered me the ability to directly deposit my check into my bank account. Uh I was like, hey, there's a lot of Bank of Americas everywhere. So that seems cool. And I walked and- into Bank of America and I opened up a the checking account. And 20, 22, three, four years later, you're still using them. Correct. And One I will time never I'll, change. That's how I ended up at Wells Fargo. Where do I where do I go a lot, guys? What's the store that I go to the most? Quick trip. Is Human Dads. <laughs> What's the store Tom, that I Tom go Tom. to the most? The grocery store. The Kroger Tom Thumb. Yeah. When I when I came to this general micro region, that there was a Wells Fargo branch inside the Tom Thumb and Trophy Club, and I just opened it up there in 2002, and my paychecks have been going there for 20 years, ever since. Never gave it another thought, and probably never will. They don't even have a branch in there anymore. They Things have moved and changed, and now it's way less convenient. But at the time, it was the most convenient thing, so that's what I did. Um, unrelated to that, at a random... You know, I don't... I'm not a golfer. I don't play golf, capital P, capital G, but I do have golf clubs, and I'm capable of playing around a golf. I will play golf a couple times a year for these little things where there's like a charity tournament and someone says, Hey, we can uh, do a foursome for a hundred bucks. Do you want to play? Take the Monday off work, go out, drive around in a cart, drink a lot, yada, yada, yada. One of these probably five, six years ago, at least in our little gift bag where they give you some golf balls and things when you go to sign up and, and get ready to go play was a little stick of, Wells Fargo branded chapstick. 
And that Wells Fargo branded chapstick somehow ended up in my nightstand and it's been there ever since. And about a week and a half ago, I guess, well, longer now because we skipped a week with uh, recording the show. I went to grab that while I was sitting here in the Joybird chair with Courtney watching TV. And she said, that chapstick says Wells Fargo. What the hell is that? And so I tweeted to be funny because she was making fun of my Wells Fargo chapstick. I tweeted a picture of it and I said, y'all know who makes the best chapstick? Wells Fargo. And so that was just my little random make a Twitter joke and move (laughs) on with life. Right. Well, okay. On the, uh, about three or four days later, I get a DM from Wells Fargo, blue check mark. They slid into the DMs. Hey, Rylan, we saw your chapstick tweet. Sometimes it's the little things in life. We'd love to provide you with a small gift from our team that we think you may enjoy so that we can mail your gift. Please provide full first and last name, mailing address, daytime phone number. So I send it over to them. I never get this. Okay. Uh, they, write, they write back, thank you. You're confirmed and your gift will be mailed shortly. Thanks for the response and for attending the Wells Fargo Championship a few years ago. We hope to see you back soon. Now, guys, I've never been to the Wells Fargo Championship. I've never even been to any kind of pro golf tournament except one time a co-worker's wife worked for a company that had a villa at the one they used to play at Las Colinas. Byron Nelson, is that right? I live in the lab Mm -hmm. of Byron Nelson stuff. So, yeah, we went. Courtney and I went out there pre-kids and sat at the 18th green for like a half a day and and left so okay a week goes by and i was sent by wells fargo a little baggie containing five or six wells fargo chapsticks oh dude and it came with Good a little them came with a little printed uh little printed note that said thanks for engaging with the wells fargo social media team we hope that you did you will continue to use hey, did you did you respond with a, hey, thanks for the chapstick, uh, just so we're all on the same page? I just want to be clear, this this did not mean open up an account that I don't know that you're opening up right now in my name. <laughs> well, they didn't ask that me I'm for gonna my... I'm going to find out about <laughs> They didn't ask me in for like my two years. Social Security or, or anything like that, so I think we're safe. But No, but you know, that was their biggest thing here recently. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. You're right. They were their their managers were put under such pressure to uh, generate new accounts that they all just started (laughs) opening fake accounts. Someone wrote uh, someone wrote a script that would just create and terminate accounts um, over and over or something. Yeah, yeah. So now I've got enough Wells Fargo chapstick. Oh, did they back in like recently or like back in the day? What'd you What'd you say, Jason? I did. I think Wells Fargo like was sued for redlining at some point too. Haven't I mean, they not, all been sued for that? Well, I mean, like recently, redlining, you know, uh, is everybody kind of brushed that under the rug for a while and was like, yeah, this, you know, it, it happened, but we don't talk about it. But I think they actually, I don't remember. I have to look at it. I hope Wells Fargo is not listening because if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, especially since they just thanked me for engaging with their social media team, and now I'm set for life for night nightstand chapstick because I have to have multiple supplies of chapstick, you know. Yeah, that was really cool of the 25 year old social media manager (laughs) that probably 
manages like three other banks uh, hey, online. All I'm saying presents. is that if you go to your local grocery store or wherever you are around a lot, and if you happen to see a Wells Fargo branch close to where you normally go to run your errands, my recommendation would be that that's a perfectly fine place to have your paycheck deposited. I was with uh, Chase, and I had some checks stolen, and one was written in such a completely different handwriting that I was like, "How? How? Th this is fraud! Somebody stole this check. All you got to do is look at the couple other checks that I write for rent and whatever I wrote for." They were like, "Okay, we're gonna send it to the fraud people," and I said, "Cool, that sounds good." And then, like a month later, I went to the to the Chase. And I was going to give them like $2,000 to put in the bank. And they were like, you know, when you used to go to the drive through at the bank, like you get yeah. the little thing, mm -hmm. go out the chute, not the ATM, but the little chute. Mm -hmm. And then you fill out your little information on your little bitch ass deposit slip. Deposit slip. Verify all this stupid fucking information that wasn't automated yet. And you have to refill it out every time you want to do business with the stupid bank. And then you send it up the little chute like it's a damn episode of Paddington. And then they shoot it back into the bank. And they were like, I'm sorry, Mr. Reddick. We're not going to be able to conduct this transaction as is right now. If you'd like to step into the lobby and talk to the manager, we'll be more than happy to take care of you. And I said, you're not going to take my $2,000? And they were like, no, I'm sorry. We can't be. We can't do this oh, deposit right he, now. And they $2,000, shoot the little that? thing out. out, out. I know, and I was like. That. I've never even seen I was like, dollars. Uh, okay. And uh, I walk in and the manager is like, your fraud uh, case is not being approved. And uh, you're going to need to go ahead and make sure you can pay this balance. And um, we didn't want to just take that balance out without notifying you. And I was like, what do you mean? It's not being approved. It was like fraud. Somebody went and bought four new tires in a place where I don't even live, where I've never even... Uh, written a check like none of this makes sense all you got to do is and he was like okay well we can resubmit if you'd like to resubmit but you cannot do any your your account is effectively closed unless you're going to pay this balance like that's geez you can bank somewhere else or you can pay for this i think it was like 400 dollars worth of tires or some shit and i was like no i'm not paying for it i didn't i didn't the check was stolen so i walked out that mark chase off the bank or mark chase off the uh list then i banked with bank of america and i got caught up in the uh insufficient funds one time i went to a gas station okay and i didn't realize where my balance was at and i kept trying to plug in the card plug in the card plug in the card plug in the card and I got charged like $350 in insufficient <laughs> funds fees oh, for no. just being at a gas station and the card not going through. Right? That I ended up getting sense. ended up getting all of the money back. And then like, I don't know, a couple months later, went to a restaurant and you know how when you're throwing in your card cuz you're all splitting the bill. Split the bill sign off on my thing not really paying attention the waiter like ended up charging me like 950 dollars instead of like 90 or whatever what yeah decimal place problem like they put in an, yeah they put in an extra zero 
and I had the money, but like that basically took my account to zero. <laughs> and so I'm on the phone with Bank of America and they're like, you got to call the the store. And the store is like, hey, we've done everything we could do. We batched it out like it's immediately like taken care of. This is just on your bank at this point. Like the, we, there's nothing we could do. And at the time, like 900 to not have access to nine hundred and fifty dollars yeah. for like whatever the oh seven God. day waiting period for this transaction to to go back to normal like was just a backbreaker and i really didn't appreciate that bank of america couldn't like help me out at all and then when molly and i got married and decided to combine finances she already was with um wells fargo and i was just like well it's not like i like any of the banks i've ever worked with so well, they're completely the fungible not? to me, which is why I thought it would be funny to talk about after com- consumer reports research. But that actually reminds me. I think what me- you're supposed to do, though, is go for like one of the small, like. No, I don't want the small. I want the like- power of billions and billions of dollars behind my, you know, behind my $852 checking balance. That's what I want. That entire no, conversation though, my tells me I can give you a, a hay update. You guys remember the fraudulent hay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, whatever with that hay. So all of the hay and the rabbit feed and the gerbil feed and the women's supplements and the protein powder, and I think that about colon covers blaster. it. I may be forgetting what else that was in there. Maybe there was a colon blaster in there. Maybe I should have kept the Plug. colon blaster. I mean, who who couldn't use to get a little cleaned out, right? No, you're very you're very regular. We've talked about this. You have but beads. I am actually pretty regular when it, when it all comes down What'd to it. What you do it. with the beads? My morning uh, my morning scene is pretty regular, but um, all all in all of that Tell BS us about the growth beads added up to five hundred and twenty thirty something dollars. And that was in May. About three weeks ago, I got the thing from them. And this is a credit card. So this is actually through Bank of America. And this is the second time that this has happened. The last time it happened was about two and a half years ago. And it said that they had actually denied my claim. And the last time this happened, they denied my claim. So I did the same thing I did last time, which was I had to call them up. And I said, hey, this is very clearly not me. Here's all the reasons why. And by the way, and I did this, so this is okay for you to kick me in the nuts about buying a truck on a whim, Jason, because I did pull this card with them uh, because I put everything on that card. Literally everything except house payment and truck payment goes on that card. And I said, I just had to go in and change all of my recurring charges all my bills, like my phone, my electric, my uh, Netflix broke, like everything broke. I had to spend like a week figuring out new credit card number. I want you to look, you guys to look at how much I pay y'all every month. Do you think I'm trying to stiff you for 500 bucks? That's a dick thing to say to some poor person in, on a, in a call center. But I had to make sure that they escalated that shit so they would give me because I didn't want them to be stiff in me for five hundred bucks, so yeah, right. I had it's to wait like I had to wait like an extra two weeks, and then they finally came through and said, "Yeah, you're cool," um, which is exactly what happened the last time. But I went back and looked, and here's what the the BS of it is, and the reason I bring it up is I went back to look at what had happened last time because I went through that exact process. The exact same thing happened. They tried to tell me 
that I wasn't going to get the money. And then I had to call them and persuade them. And then they gave it to me. It was like 220 something dollars. So I want to, I want to say fuck Bank of America credit cards right now, but I have all, I just changed all my stuff. So I don't want to change credit cards right now. I just ex- explain to you guys why every time they make me mad, I've already gone through the process of changing everything and I don't want to go through it again to leave. It's I'm trapped. No. Yeah. I, they uh, have you by the balls. Yeah. It's terrible. I, uh, I don't want to derail here. I'd like to do a little vacation talk in a minute, but, if uh, if we are doing a little consumer reports reporting, if you ever want to deal with a credit card company that will not do what you just said, who has really honored anything I've ever submitted as a challenge, and then when they do send you a new card, they still somehow keep all of your auto pays active so that you're not going through like a damn uh, bookkeeper and updating all of your auto payments that you've already yeah. got set, mm-hmm. you should... Uh, hey, babe, you want to come on in? We're talking about American Express real quick. Oh, oh. Yeah, you should uh, You should get American Express. Uh, yeah, I actually had them for a really? very long time, and I experienced that too. And the only reason I switched off them, I had the Bank of America one uh, as... A, hold on, hold on, hold on. I had not oh, you, hey, Ryan, You continue what you're okay. saying. Okay, I had my bad. He just came in, came in from stage left, like whoosh. No, I, I did, Brad. I had the exact same thing, and I loved them. They they never questioned anything. They gave me way more credit than my income ever really warranted, so I didn't have to worry about bumping up against a limit. Um, but I canceled them because I use Mint.com for all my budgeting, and their integration with Mint kept breaking over and over. And over, and no one ever could give me an answer as to why. So I just said, I'm done. This is my financial information. It should be open. I should be allowed to aggregate it with third parties. The worst thing anyone can do by logging on to my Amex account is pay my bill for me. Let them log on to my account and pull my info. So I killed Amex. But if the next time this happens, I'm going back. Because you're right. They're the best. Uh, we don't usually do this, but uh, this guy really is beside himself here to share. What what did you want to share? An animal fact? Okay. I'm going to give you the, the throne here. Go mm. ahead. Hey, buddy. Hi. Hey, Chef. What you got um, for us? And, um, a honey badger doesn't get infected by a snake bite. What? How does, how does he do that? Does he have something like in his blood that keeps it from him yeah it's like it's like i don't remember the name of it it's like it's like he has like no venom it's oh. like he has venom in him that's insane so, so he already has so, whatever's bad in the venom the honey badger already has it in him so he doesn't notice yeah that's awesome yeah hey ship hey ship can i ask you a question mm-hmm do you wish your dad had hair? <laughs> no. Hair is you overrated. You like him without hair? Yeah, you think he I looks like cool? him without hair. Yeah, he's yeah. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, buddy. It's good to see you, man. We we appreciate your contribution. I love a good honey badger fact. Up to prior to five seconds ago, all I knew about the honey badger was that he don't care. That's right. What did he say as he was walking away, Brad? 
That's all from Shep. <laughs> he's even got he's an even outro. Got a, he's, coming, he's got an outro already. <laughs> even, hit him, even hit himself with a an exit. I love it. All right, dude, hit us with the, hit That's us with a little vacation talk to take us out. I swear, no one goes on more vacations than Brad and Faith. He's really Nobody. gone on it's a lot. I'm impressed. But he never, it's, but it's he, true. but he never leaves the state. He just goes to random locations yeah. in Texas. Well, okay, last, hold on, last real quick. One, his hold whole on. family real almost quick. had their guts ripped out from the bottom of a lake. This one, he's gallivanting all around hill country. Yeah, someone what? put their ween in their the suction pipe. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That was a man-made pool pond, not a lake. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> At an Airbnb. A, po- a pool a, pond. Yeah. Man-made pool ponds, not a yeah. lake. Real quick, Jason, how many vacations have you and family been on this year? Uh, Disney? What else? That's it. Just one just for eight days. Yeah. Or that was six. It. Eight glorious, fun filled days of joy. Yeah. <laughs> that was our Wait, one for the year. Have you yeah. taken off? How much time have you taken off? More than eight days, obviously, right? Um, Man, not much more. When I think back, I mean, I took a vacation late last year. I took okay. like a, I took like a, uh, a, a November vacation. And then took one this summer, but that's been it. I haven't done anything. So for the summer, we started out in May. We took the kids out of school before summer break was even happening. Here we go. And we went to Disney for, what was it, five or six days, Jason? Enough for a normal family right there. That's your year for most families. Five or six days. And then we took a three-day vacation to the far-flung DFW suburb of Red Oak, Texas. And we were there for like three days. Where this Airbnb had like a huge pond pool and a another regular pool, so hung you're... out with family who we don't see all the time. So again, we're, we're I think we're at eight days total right now, and then this time we did a Sunday to Wednesday vacation. So like technically a long weekend, okay. And we went to one of these hotel water park resorts that seem to be all the thing. Now they're very much. We got them here local. We got them here locally. There's a few down in the hill country area. We've been to the other. We've been to a couple. So there's there's the first one I think we ever went to was called um, Hyatt Hill Country, which is just kind of a nice Hyatt hotel, kind of in the middle of nowhere in the hill country, but technically connected to San Antonio. Got a lazy uh, river. Uh, that one did have a lazy river. Yes, it did. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty cool. Sage was like three. They got little kids pools with like beaches and a few slides and stuff. And maybe like two slides. Not that much. It was much more chill. And then we went to another one in San Antonio before where is like my favorite place. I think we've ever vacationed. We stayed in these villas called the Casitas where they're not even like attached to the hotel. They give you a golf cart because you're so far away removed from everything. And that's got some nice pools and a couple of slides and everything. And it was cool, but also much more chill. And then we went to like the in quality. It's not like um, this current time. It's not like on the level of Great Wolf Lodge, but it's that much of like a a kid, young kids and family attraction is Great Wolf Mm -hmm. Lodge. Does that make sense? 
So like the two I'm talking about previously were like much more like long weekend vacation spots that kind of had like a nicer pool vibe with a couple slides. This is like, no, bring your damn kids here. We got eight, six slides, a lazy river, six three or four, I three I or four afford different pools. There's no chance I can afford more than two slides. And by slides, I mean like a couple of them are the yeah. stand in a in a container and like the floor falls out from under you. Like you're just plunging. Uh, the the we went to the Hyatt Hill Country is what this one. No, JW Marriott is what this one's called. It is the uh, I think it's where they host the Valero Open Whoa. for the PGA, like the. Whatever one of the main stops of I think Valero's that, in like what near Westlake isn't that in in our, in our town? Valero? You're thinking of Vaquero. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, but the the Valero opened because they had a bunch of signs up on the when we went to the little steakhouse that's off the golf course. Oh my god, he just did you hear how he just threw that in? It was horrible, by the way. Very it was an absolute. It was uh, an you, absolute beating of a steakhouse. Stop, stop I, by the I, steakhouse. I told Molly because I love her so much and she's really good at planning these things, but she does this thing where she kind of idealizes our little vacation spots. And sometimes that like nail right on the head. And other times like this last time I had, we just had to come to the realization we're not steakhouse people. We're just, yeah. oh, me either. I'm not a big just, fan. The, the steakhouse is. Yeah. Not my I, thing. I love steak. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I love think steak. I think the steakhouse I'd scene in much general, more enjoy a steak like in a home setting. Yeah, I just think that that restaurant scene is 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 it caters toward the very uncreative of of among us, and and it just I don't even look. It doesn't you know matter what? where you go; they're all the same. You know what it feels like to me, Rylan? It's 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 Tom Landry. Still being looked at as like Tom Landry after a decade of mediocrity in the 80s. Yeah. And that's what steakhouses are. Like they they have not updated the playbook. Mm -mm. They are a bygone era. They cannot Listen, match what modern defenses are throwing at them. Like who's I'm, excited I'm by right a wedge wedge salad right now, Brad? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. I don't even like steak that much. It's fine. You, it's fine. I've I'll said eat this a before. Steak. We get it. I I it's still okay. really enjoy steak, but I, I like, would love to make the steak myself. What a what a generic way to prepare meat to me. It's just, I don't know. I again, I don't disagree with you, but let's say we're some bros and we're sitting around having some drinks, and then I sizzle up a steak real quick and I cut that into a bunch of pieces where we can all just kind of pick and share. It's not looked at as like butter yeah, a little there. butter on there. Okay, well, now now we're talking. The herbs, yeah. the garlic. Right. You know, if you do it the right way, yeah. like and a I cast iron a skillet. You guys probably saw yeah. a few like, weeks ago. I put, I tweeted a picture of one because I actually cooked one at home, which is kind of a rare occurrence. Look, that's what we did, and it was great. But if we treated steaks like a sixteen ounce, twenty four ounce cut of meat, like it was meant to be, like a, a gathering thing where we all kind of shared, rather than this like metabolizing, debilitating, nap inducing protein mountain that we all try to conquer as like one person again outdated that's how we do it when we you know because i get free wagyu from my dad a time or two a year and he'll i'll get a few decent steaks out of the deal he usually keeps most of the best cuts for himself 
one because it's his money and he's my dad, but two because I'm the skilled cook, so I can make better stuff out of lesser make, things. Make more with less. Yeah, but I'll we'll take That's a, a ribeye and we'll take a ribeye and we'll all share it, all four of us put it with other stuff and that's yeah. what we did most recently so I, I i agree like if i do the only time i go to a steakhouse is the the group that i go to vegas with although we haven't since covid but we're gonna go here in another month or so finally again that big group of guys 11 12 13 guys typically on every trip we'll go to stk at the cosmopolitan just because it's such a spectacle and obviously, it's a type of is that food. That the thing where they like bring it out to the table and finish it for you? No, yeah, it's the guy just, hand, it, holds his hand over it with the salt. No, it's not Salt Bay or whatever that no. shit is. It's just a place where you know it's got a live DJ and the people watching is A grade type thing. Oh. God. That type of deal. Ryland eats a steak with a live DJ. Of course, Ryland. Does that. <laughs> but, I, but believe me, I, it's not my favorite favorite. But I'll do it once a year, and it's really good. But when I do go to a place like that, to what Brad just Fairly said, certain, it's also I only ever only ever order a fillet because do I really want more than four or six ounces of steak? No, that's enough. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I like how you guys do it. I wish I wish more people did that. I wish we could make that the norm, where you just slice that baby up and put it in the middle of a table, and everybody just put your fork throw in there, grabs nice you a piece, salt. little yeah, flakes, you just, fucking throw yeah. some garlic butter on there, dude. You've got thyme everywhere. You're salt bay in that shit, <laughs> and you throw the fork, and you eat it, and everybody's just having uh, a great time. Ryland mentioned Sorry. his dad. Speaking of Hamilton, Texas. I've often I feel like we had the quintessential Texas experience because uh, one the, the the hotel turned out to be nice JW Marriott if you're looking for a place to take the kids it feels like a vacation that isn't necessarily that close to home but far enough to where you feel like you're gone uh, I would say go to JW Marriott we had a little bit of a check in problem I texted the guys the whole time it was happening got there at three I don't think we got our room until like seven a uh, little bit on us. A lot on them, but uh, frustrating situation, whatever. Staff shortages, it that showed itself. But overall, we had a pretty good time. And, you know, uh, you try to teach the kids lessons, and it's not always how things start or it's not always how they end. There's a lot in the middle there that determines, like, if you're going to have a good time. We ended up having a wonderful time, and it was great. And uh, I will say the one thing I did different this time, anytime you're headed south, we got a, a couple of ways to get there. Typically, if you're headed south to Austin, you're going 35. You're going to San Antonio, you're going 35. Going to Houston, you could probably take 45. You could take 35, hook up somewhere, get over to where you need to get over, get down to Houston. But there's, if you're going to do that, there's typically just you know 35E, 35W, which eventually come together, or like I said, 45. This time I decided, you know what? We're not in a hurry. Never done it before. Heard people talk about it. We're taking 281. The Storm's Hamburgers Corridor. Exactly. Uh, For those that don't know, 281 stops through a ton of little small towns. Um, It's not really a highway, but it does. The speeds do get up to where it does make it conducive to getting somewhere quickly. But you do stop in a lot of small towns. Every time you hit a small town, you got to slow down to 40, 35 miles per hour. A lot of times in between the small towns, you can get up to 65, 70, 75. But I've never done the 281 thing. I've heard people talk about doing 281. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I've listened to Ryland talk about Hamilton slash uh, Heiko, Stephenville, a lot of these uh, kind of smaller towns that I've never just been to, didn't even really know where they were until he forced me 
not forced me, but just I wanted to know where he was talking about. So I started to look up their location and I kind of had a different idea of where he was actually even located. But uh, much to my surprise, we get to heading down 281 and I see we're about to be like in Ryland territory. Like we're going, this is the road corridor that we are heading down. Everywhere I have heard about over the last two years on this podcast, we are literally about to be passing right through the middle of. So much so that he's told us that there used to be a coffee cup cafe where they were all where coffee coffee cup and cafe were all spelled with K's. Indeed, right in the middle of downtown Hico, Texas. Hico spelled H I C O for those playing along at home. Up in and you told you said it was called the coffee cup cafe with three K's until what nineteen ninety seven. Sometime in the nineties. Sometime in the nineties. Sometime in the. I would say. Or, I would say 90s. more towards the early to mid when they pulled the cafe off of the awning. You know, it's a building with a nice big awning, and on the front it used to say coffee cup cafe, and then somewhere in there ninety one two three four they pulled the cafe down and replaced it with a big uh, coffee cup. But it's still the. In my cup. mind, in my mind, when you were explaining this, I thought. Oh, coffee cup cafe, three case. It's this little diner off the side of the road that you can kind of see as you're passing through town. It's a literal attraction. The reality of the situation, <laughs> the reality of the situation is that this is the like main thing that you see as you pass through this part of town. And if you're there going, if little- you're going anywhere when you go through that town, Heiko, you will go through that intersection. It hooks you up with highway, go highway, west. highway six. It hooks you up with two eighty one, and it hooks you up with uh, two twenty, which is a little shortcut to get up towards this direction. Yes, and that's where we were. That's where we we did two eighty one, right past Ico. We got on two twenty, and it's not like some little like, hey, you just kind of pass it. It's literally like the main kind of like thing that frames the downtown area on this one side of the street. It almost feels like it's the courthouse. It really does. Mm -hmm. It has this like monument feel to it because of the way it's positioned and the way their sign like greets you as you're like, it's at that point you realize, Oh, I'm in one of these old timey downtown areas. And then you see the coffee cup. It's basically welcome to Heiko. Would you care to count our K's? It very like he he I I thought it was like he was making a joke out of something that was much more understated than it actually is after after driving through. I thought he was like implementing a, or imprinting a lot of his humor onto it. And the reality of the situation is he might have even undersold. Like if there were three massive K's on that sign for some point in time. I can't imagine that people didn't feel like scared. There were, there absolutely were through. I don't rem- like I said, I don't remember exactly, but m- most of my childhood, it's that big to where you get in there and you're like, oh shit, I'm in one of those places. If there was a sign that had three K's on it, and that was that the, the the epicenter of the um, chapter or whatever of said organization that sponsored the rally that we told the story about two and a half years ago on this very podcast when they had a KKK rally on our courthouse steps it's, in Hamilton. Yeah. It's not, it's not much for me. Like I don't even bat an eye to see the stars and bars flag anymore. I think most of us are pretty well accustomed to that growing up in this 
area. Like you, you still see those like it. I, you'd think it'd be crazy to see that on like a back of a Range Rover in Plano, Texas, but I promise you I've seen it like it, it happens. Uh, you get a little further out and it's not hard to see them in people's yards. And I don't mean like further out like Heiko. I mean like further out like Rowlett, Saxy. Yeah, you don't have like, to go that far. Yeah, you, re- you really don't. Uh, but that when I drove through, we passed the welcome to Heiko sign. And then literally the first thing you see is like a body shop or a mechanic and they got a big stars and bars flag hanging off. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's John oh, made the joke. Ha ha. And I didn't think we were going to see the coffee cup cafe. Then you make a turn onto the main thoroughfare there and boom, big as day coffee <laughs> cup. Just massive sign right there. Um, Pass through Heiko outside of knowing that little bit of history. Had you not told me that? I would have just driven through and been like, wow, look at this pleasant downtown where, yes, they probably used to subjugate. And, you know, if you go even a little bit further back, there was probably some hangings here. <laughs> uh, but look, it, it looks it looks cozy now. Like, that's usually what I think of in these old downtowns that everybody's kind of yearning for. Do you guys not ever feel that? Like, like, I immediately feel the civil rights era in all of these places. Like... Um, you're looking through the grass and glass and you're like, well, I wonder if they let the blacks and Mexicans sit at that place 60 years ago. Like <laughs> well, there were probably not. There weren't any, there weren't, there weren't <laughs> yeah. any to even have to worry about back then. Yeah, probably That's not. That's the truth of those but, places. Like, I mean, even when I was growing up, we hardly, the number of Hispanics we had in the area was shockingly low for Texas. I mean, it's probably a little more we now, all, but, you know, it wasn't that many compared to what it is probably statewide or especially in cities. You drive through the, the downtown areas and I think everybody's first inclination is to be like, look at these towns of yesteryear. And I get it. I, I tend to agree with you. But we drove down 281 and I just want to say I'm so glad that I did it. And I don't think unless I'm just in a super hurry. Because it, it probably adds 30 minutes to your trip. I don't think I'll ever go 35 again. 35 to continually at gets least, worse, though, also. I feel like... At least to San Antonio. We used to go to Austin for work in the in the late mid to late aughts. Frequently, me and some of the other guys that were in this area that were on my team, we would go to Austin a few times a year, and we always took 35. And progressively, with each trip, 35 was more fucked up. And I'm telling you stories from... 2008, 9, 10, 11. So, and then now when I talk to people that go that way or, you know, uh, the handful of times I've been in recent years, it's still even worse. It's like, it's such a delicate scene where if there's just one or two little things going wrong, you could be stuck for two hours. So I don't blame you at all, man. There's that, there's that option where, you, you know, one accident can add an easy two hours to your whole day, Right. On top of the, let's say you don't have any accidents, the driving next to massive vehicles. So close, yeah. So close when you're uh, when the other side of you is up against the wall. Inches away. Is like my least favorite uh, way of survival in this world. And that's all it feels like is a threat to your survival. So you're like full-blown two hands on the wheel just trying to maintain right and every time you've got to pass somebody in one of those situations if i got to get the car up to 106 well i got to get the car up to 106 because we got to get through this 
because nobody gives a shit. We got to get through this. We're not just going to sit here in somebody's blind spot while we're next to a wall. Like, you got to get through. So you're jamming 106. And there was just none of that on 281. I saw Heiko, which, you know, context removed, seemed like a lovely little downtown. I saw Hamilton. Context removed from Ryland telling me everybody just wants to get out of that place. And if you look past some of the deserted homes, I, 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 I thought it was quite a lovely little town. Lampasas, Lampasas, however you say that. Lampasas. Lampasas thought it was quite a lovely little town. You skipped over Marble Evan. Falls. Uh, we didn't really go through. You, you kind of go through the tip of Evan. No, 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 like no, no. Really... You go through Evan. That ain't the tip. That's Evan. Oh, really? Yeah. That's not just the tip. Okay. That's well, Evan. I... But the, I, the, I there's say... an entire complex north of Evan where there are many properties that either are currently or were at one time owned by what is now the estate of Uncle Tom R.I.P. Like, there's a whole... We we had that whole region on lock. <laughs> so we were driving through Evan, and I said, ooh, look, Yvonne. And then uh, Molly Yvonne. was like, yeah. And, and I was like, you know what? I bet they call it Evan out here. I bet that's pronounced Evan. Uh, but i never driven through Marble Falls. Really? Lovely wow. Now, Marble Falls is actually approaching legitimacy. Everything else you've mentioned is, you know, you can kind of put that, but aside, like, but Marble Falls have... is legit. It's pretty down there. That's we a never... nice place. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's CVS up on the hill. Did you go to that CVS up there? <laughs> He's right. He's right. It's like There's that a... CVS up on the hill. That's how nice There's it is. All I know is with the lake and everything, it's, it's pretty down there. Dude, that CVS has to be on land worth a million dollars it, it's like oh the easily perfect little- that's the only thing i notice is that there's clearly money flowing into this place because yeah. when i looked at the houses that were on the actual lake like some i felt like some of them had like six decks mm-hmm. like they were yeah. they, like you can't put a house on a lake with four floors and it not be a five million dollar home like in that horseshoe bay area seems freaking lovely i can see why people are into it I, uh, previous to this, just never had any occasion to wind up in Marble Falls at all. So there was like four or five towns that I was like, this, I mean, this all seems, you know, really nice and quaint. And just the overall drive, because the scenery is so pretty and because you're driving through towns and the things kind of change up, like the drives, save for the one coming back because my back had been murdered by the, uh, I feel like the bed, the bed was like, um, you know how, so like your bed will have like a hump in the middle and there's like two points. There's one point it would like the peak and then like your, your side and then there's your, your wife's side and they both have a decline. Obviously your side is the bigger decline, right? Because you're the bigger person than your wife, mm-hmm. but like there's a decline. This hotel bed, I feel like had a peak like in the middle of it. And then it had like four declines. Like it was a decline for this quadrant. There was a decline for this quadrant. There was a decline for this quadrant. Just like like you're constantly fighting fighting gravity from falling out of bed is what you're. Yeah. From every double directional side. So like the Northwest, the Northeast, the Southwest, the Southeast. There, there There was declines. And they had pillows that I think were like uh, some companies decide to put like feathers in there. And I get that. I don't understand the companies that are like, let's put soggy waffles in the middle of these pillows. 
Like, what are soggy waffles ever going to do for somebody's neck? I have never understood any hotel pillow. It's like they don't put anything in them but air. Why is there even a pillow there? I can't. I can't believe you guys aren't bringing your own home pillow. I can't bring. I, I think from now, I, you want me to put a you pillow? And, you you want me to, to fly with a pillow, dude? I have stuffed a pillow. I've got the down my 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 fold pillow. The fold. Everybody's got a fold pillow, right? You got to have a fold pillow. I Top got a side the pillow. pillow. What what I what it made me think is that I think the way we got to combat the combat this is the vacuum bag going forward. Yeah. Cuz I don't the, I don't yeah. want my pillow like just out in space in the vehicle floating around and getting car smell on it now. Okay. Now it's getting now it's getting road trip smell on it. <laughs> and Shep's Shep's busting ass in the back and that's just lingering in my pillow. No it that's doesn't. Just, it's just your lingering pi- in my Your pillow immediately assumes your smell the second your head touches it. It's like okay. it, it's like it's home. But the, the second way to, your head to, touches it. I think the way to ensure that, though, is you get the little plastic bags, run the vacuum on it, and that way you're taking up less space, and you're also protecting the quality of your pillow. And I think that's, I think that's probably what I'm going to have to be now because we actually have those bags that can do that. And uh, I'm I'm telling you, I'm telling worst neck and back pain of my life, worst neck and back pain, the absolute worst. I don't know if this we've ever had a more dad episode than this. This one. has been a Talk strong dad episode. And on Talk consumer reports. On that note, Banks, I'm going to call for us to pain. dismount quickly because I haven't had dinner yet and dad's getting hungry. Oh. All right, no. you cut out. I'm going to talk to Jason for just a second. <laughs> <laughs> Which you Brad, you know. Dad stuff, man. Dad. Uh Hate to abruptly end all the momentum we had going there, but Ryland's got shit to do. Uh, I gotta go. You know, I bought a. It's an hour seventeen. That's a healthy, healthy episode. I bought a grocery store uh, rotisserie chicken. Hadn't had one of those in forever. Dude, I've got one in the fridge right now. I've got one in the fridge right now. I'm I'm about to use a fork and knife. I'm just gonna use my hands in my mouth. I'm gonna treat this bitch like it's medieval times. About to say medieval times. Tell your mom. Yeah, tell your mom to come get a look at the pregame show. Hey, tell your mom to watch how I eat this chicken and imagine. Yeah, yeah imagine. that's what I'm saying. Pregame, baby. Pregame. Tell your mom to listen. Tell your mom to watch that. Watch that. Put Rylan. that on a t-shirt. Rylan. See, Rylan. Rylan. What's up? You gotta say it. Bring the bread.